Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's always an absolute honor to have this man on. It's Alan Dershowitz, famed attorney, of course, Harvard guy. He's the guy. Listen, first of all, uh, thank you so much for coming back on. I've seen you everywhere. I've heard you on Sean's show a lot, my good friend Sean Hannity. And the, the analysis you've had on what these people are trying to do to Donald Trump has been spot on. His book, by the way, is called Get Trump. Uh, Professor, how are you? Good to see you. I'm fine. I mean, Get Trump is not just the name of a book. It's the name of a movement. Uh, yeah. The movement now. Um, it started with, well, let's indict him in New York for some uh, uh, personal matter. Yeah. Now we're moving toward law professors like my colleague Lawrence Tribe wanting to disqualify, wanting to prevent you from voting for Trump and prevent me from voting against him in a fair election on the ground that he led a resurrection or a rebellion or a revolt. It's outrageous. And I've challenged Tribe, my former colleague of 50 years, to debate it with me on television or at Harvard, but no response. And I believe there will be no response because it's just another get Trump tactic. It makes no sense under the Constitution. But Tribe and others are prepared to twist, turn, distort the Constitution as long as the goal is to get Trump. Allen-Dershowitz.com is the website. His book is Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. Let's let's break it down just by case if we can or by region if we can. Then we'll talk about what you feel is the most serious charge. Alvin Bragg in Manhattan is charging (laughs) Trump with, uh, he paid off some sort of an NDA nuisance lawsuit. And for some reason, Bragg is alleging that that is related to federal charges. He wouldn't even say what the charges were. were. He said, I I don't have to tell you what the charges are that I'm referring to. But the FEC already said there's nothing there. Is there a case in Manhattan? Absolutely not. It doesn't even pay to spend uh, any time on it. It's a made-up case since the time Alexander Hamilton paid hush money to prevent his affair from coming public. Nobody has ever had to disclose the payment of hush money on corporate forms. Who would ever pay hush money if you immediately... We're criminal for failing to disclose it. It's the most absurd case I've seen in 60 years of practice. And believe me, I've seen plenty of absurd cases. Let's go to, to Jack Smith. Uh, special counsel, mm-hmm. that means that he's not independent. I don't know why there wouldn't be an independent counsel. This guy still answers to Merrick Garland, which makes no sense. But he's got the case of, of Trump's records that were at Mar-a-Lago. The Presidential Records Act seems to, to, to be in play mm-hmm. here. The Espionage Act seems to be in play here. Well, what is the case here? He has the right to everything that he had when he was president. The sock drawer case of Bill Clinton covers that. And espionage, we can make a case, that, and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm not a lawyer, but we can make the case that Barack Obama telling Medvedev that, hey, tell Vlad I'll have more leeway after I get reelected. That was classified information. He said right there with an open mic catching him and he wasn't in trouble because he was the president and he's allowed to say it. So what's the case here, the first case that Smith has? The first case is he was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do while president, but yeah. if he didn't declassify while president, uh, he can't show classified material to a reporter and a journalist. And the evidence they have, and it's a strong case evidentially, it's a very weak case in terms of the type of violation, is that he waved a piece of paper in front of these two people and said, I could have declassified this one, President. I didn't. It's still secret. So that is a smoking, I wouldn't say a smoking gun. I would say the end of a smoking cigarette. It's oh, okay. nothing. But the case is there. And the case, however, is in uh, Florida. And the likely outcome will be either an acquittal or a hung jury. I don't think he'll be convicted for that minor offense. The evidence is strong. 
I want to I want to go down that rabbit hole for, for just a little bit in a second. But but let me ask you this: Is there a mechanism constitutionally where somebody can can get a special counsel removed? It seems very odd that the DOJ and the executive have no oversight um, from any other of the branches when they just select some guy. This guy Jack Smith is is not a good special counsel if you want fairness, and I can say that definitively because of what he did to Bob McDonald. And we had eight eight to nothing. The Supreme Court said the guy was was completely in the wrong. So is there a mechanism? to get rid of something like this there there is um justice scalia was raised grave questions about the entire concept of special counsel and the concept of special counsel makes no sense still under the auspices of the attorney general who can be hired and fired by the president of the united states right especially so in the case of hunter uh biden and the, the statute requires that the special counsel or the regulations be appointed from outside the government uh, weiss fails that test. Smith apparently passed that test. But uh, Smith's case in the District of Columbia is the potentially strongest case that okay. at the moment against them, particularly because the District of Columbia will convict a ham sandwich named Donald Trump. It's, what, 95 percent of the people on the jury pool probably right. will have voted against Trump. And it's not only a question of voting against him. They hate his guts. They 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 think he's like you know, Adolf Hitler, there's no calibration or no uh, reasonable basis. They can't sit in judgment. It's not a jury of his peers, and it's not a fair jury. The case should be moved out of the District of Columbia to a, a more purple location. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit more in, in a second. It's Alan Dershowitz, the famed attorney, Harvard professor. Get Trump, the, the threat to civil liberties, due process, and our constitutional rule of law is his book. I urge you to get Get Trump right now, alan-dershowitz.com. Just back to finish up in the documents case. The idea that he told the National Archives or he told the U-Haul guys or he told you know the moving company, get those 15 boxes, put them in the truck, send them to Mar-a-Lago. He didn't physically do it himself. He told somebody to do it. Many would argue that action in and of itself is declassifying as he's telling them take – he was told the president. It was on the 19th of right. January when he did it. So he tells him to do that. Is that not declassification? Because Ronald Reagan declassified a bunch of stuff in speeches. He never wrote a memorandum. He never told anybody he was going to do it. He just did it. George Bush did the same, and it will be a jury issue. Okay. Uh, the question is, did he tell anybody? Did he say it? Did he really merely come up uh, with this idea after the fact in order to save himself from criminal prosecution? Right. That would be up to the jury, and that's why the jury pool is very important in that case. And uh, the Palm Beach area, which is purple, is for Trump probably a good venue to try this complicated, difficult, and controversial case. And finally on that, let's say that he has a piece of classified information that he did declassify, but he's being Trump, and Trump being Trump, he's a grandstander, not that that's good or bad. And he goes, yeah, I could have declassified this, but I didn't, blah, blah. The, the person that he's showing it to doesn't have any proof that it was something that wasn't that wasn't declassified. It might have been him just being Trump. Is that a possibility? It's a possibility. The government, in its amended indictment, seems to suggest that they have proof, but I haven't seen it that it was actually classified. But of course, Trump has to know it was classified. His statement that I could have but didn't is evidence of that, but the yeah. jury doesn't believe it. In any event, even if it's all true, it's a cigarette butt. Uh, it's right. a tiny little case. 
It's a case that wasn't prosecuted against Hillary Clinton. It wasn't prosecuted against Joe Biden. It wasn't prosecuted against many other people. It's not the kind of case that should be brought by one administration against the leading candidate to replace that administration. That case, if it's going to be brought by the Democrats against the leading Republican candidate, ought to be the strongest case in history. It ought to meet the Richard Nixon standard. You yes. know, erasure of tapes, obstruction of justice, bribing of witnesses. This case doesn't come close to meeting that standard. It's Alan Dershowitz. We appreciate the professor coming on. It would be ridiculous not to get get Trump. The book is called Get Trump. It's very prescient. You are way ahead of the game on this, and but I appreciate. Go ahead. Warn your 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 viewers. You cannot get this book in a local bookstore. Wow. Local independent bookstores don't sell books that are anti-Trump. Uh, the book was the number one nonfiction bestseller on Amazon.com, and you could not buy it in a local bookstore. So if you want to get it, you have to get it on Amazon. Get it on Amazon as a protest. If you want to make sure they don't get Trump, get Trump. Go and get Trump. I love it. Get Trump. All right. Let's talk about the the case that you find to be the most serious. In this case, Jack Smith wants us to believe that he understands the mechanisms of Donald Trump's mind. Now, I've interviewed the former president 12 times, interviewed him several times while he was president. Donald Trump today, professor, and, and I wonder if you agree with this, believes he won in 2020. He still believes it. Absolutely. He believed it that day. He believes it today. So why is there a case? Because Jack Smith has to prove that he didn't believe it. There is there is no case. And that's, I gave a, an opening argument on my podcast, The Dirt Show, which was on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 5.30. And I gave a model opening argument that I would make. And the argument says, look, imagine a situation if Trump were right. If, in fact, the election in Georgia or wherever was stolen from him, if you're right, then everything he did was completely proper, in fact, commendable. If he were to be uncovering the scandal of having an election taken from one party and given to the other, we would be commending him. If that's the case, if he couldn't be prosecuted if he was right, what if he was wrong but thought he was right? That's what the key issue in this case is. And I think under a proper instruction, the jury would have to find that he honestly believed that this election was stolen, and these crimes are crimes of the mind, conspiracy, RICO, they're all crimes of the mind, and you have to get inside the mind of Donald Trump and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he fully knew. Now, there could be a smoking gun. I haven't seen it, and I don't think there is a videotape of him confessing to somebody, oh, I know the case, I know the election was lost, I know that, I'm just trying to seal it back. No, but without that kind of evidence, it seems to me under a proper instruction, he has to win. And again, knowing this guy and you watching this guy, I'm guessing, have you ever met Donald Trump? Do you know the guy? Well, I don't know him. I've met him. I represent yeah. him. Right, right. Well, yeah, exactly right. And you're again, right. I know that you didn't vote for him. I know that you're, that you're a Democrat. You're going you're gonna to vote against him I, next time if he's the guy. He took me to the Lincoln bedroom and we sat down and looked at the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, look, I didn't vote for him. Uh, I don't like a lot of his policies. I don't approve of what he did on January 6th. Right. I don't think the government can come close to proving that he actually believed and believes to this day that he lost the election legitimately. He talks himself into believing that he won the election. I don't think he won the election. Millions and millions of people think he did. And that's why you can't base criminal conduct exactly. on differences in belief. 
Well, Professor, he believes it today. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you that without a doubt, he believes he won, and he, and he says it every day. But you're right. Uh, I think it was a great point that you made. If there's an audio or videotape of Donald Trump saying, I know I lost, but let's overturn it and let's steal the, and steal, uh, steal the White House back, now you've got a case. Jack Smith has nothing like that. And, and he knows that he has nothing like that, but if, if we keep on saying Trump bad and everybody else good, he, he might get that, that D.C. jury. So what's the next step? If D.C. convicts him on what? something, does it go to the Supreme Court eventually? Where does it go? It does. But before we get to that, D.C. is trying to convict him by trying him four months and three weeks after the indictment. That is on January 2nd. And to their everlasting shame, several dozen law professors, former judges, Republicans have filed an amicus brief with the court saying we want him tried January 2nd. Never in the history of the world, of the civilized world, has a trial of this complexity been tried in four months and three weeks. It right. was outrageous. How dare these professors demand that Trump be denied his right to effective counsel, his right to preparation, the jury selection in the case, uh, even though it's federal court that has quick jury selection, will take time in the District of Columbia. Pre-trial motions. There are going to be some motions like the change of venue that might be appealed. Why are these prosecutors demanding a trial within four and a half months, or in the case of Georgia, within six months. It's yeah. outrageous and it's irresponsible of these lawyers and judges to have made that argument. And of course, the DA in Georgia wants to try it the day before Super Tuesday. I mean, we're not stupid. It is uh, Alan Dershowitz. Go to alan-dershowitz.com. Go to Amazon. Get this book called Get Trump. L let me ask you about that. I just want to make sure that I understand it fully. I think I do. The defendant has the right to a speedy trial or the right to properly prepare. It's not the, the prosecution that has that right, correct? Absolutely right. The defendant has the right to a speedy trial if he chooses. But if he doesn't, he has the right to have all the reasonable time he needs to prepare, to prepare witnesses, to get documentary evidence, to get uh, expert witnesses, to have a jury uh, uh, selected uh, based on his research yeah. with polls and other jurors, mock jurors. Uh, I would never, I'm a good lawyer, I could never defend this case in four months and three weeks. In fact, I wouldn't accept it. I would stand up in front of the judge and say, sorry, it's like you're asking me to perform heart surgery on my patient as a doctor with 10 minutes of prior notice. I'm not going to perform the surgery and I'm not going to try this case. I will not try this case ineffectively. And so you're going to have to get a lawyer who's willing to try this case in, in four months and three weeks. I have to tell you, Your Honor, you're not going to find one. Yeah. Certainly a decent lawyer. Great point. It's Alan Dershowitz. Get the book. It's called Get Trump. Let's go to, to uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Fannie Willis. Obviously, uh, it was a very strange deal having her announce this at 11 p.m. Didn't make any sense. You've got Rudy Giuliani, who literally was the first person to properly use RICO. The statues existed before him, but he, he learned how to use them in New York, I think after reading Bonanno's book, um, and, and he got rid of the mob in New York. You're not going to charge him with racketeering and a RICO case. You've got 18 or 19 people. Professor, many of them have never met each other. How could it be RICO if they weren't in the same organization? And this case is based on a phone call. I don't know if you've heard the phone call. I've, I've heard it. I've, I've seen the transcript. Trump doesn't say, go and manufacture a bunch of votes. He says, there are hundreds of thousands that were bad. I just need 11,780. What's the case here? The case is very weak. In fact, that phone call is the most exculpatory piece of evidence. He said what we said when I was defending the voters of Palm Beach County in Bush versus Gore. Remember right. the 
by ballot in the hanging chads. Oh, yeah. We all said, find 570 votes. There must be 570 uncounted votes. That's all we need to win. Uh, that statement by on recorded statement by Trump is the strongest piece of evidence in his favor. He didn't say manufacture, concoct, make up. He said, fine, fine has a meaning. It means it's there to be. Yes. You just have to look hard to find it. Again, it's what all the lawyers who were involved in the Al Gore case said over and over again, we need to find enough votes to make this election fair. We failed. The Supreme Court stopped us from having the recount. I think they were wrong. I wrote a book about it. I got right. to fight with my friend Nino Scalia about it. But uh, I had a right to my opinion. He had the right to his opinion. Yes. Trump had the right to his opinion. And it shouldn't be criminalized. Matters of degree should never be criminalized. And I noticed Al Gore was never charged with anything. He denied the election results for 36 days. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got so much history of things like this happening. But because it's Trump and thus the book Get Trump, they yeah. have to get him. Uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if you just give me a quick opinion on this. When, when they bring a case like this, like Fannie Willis did, I had Newt Gingrich on the other day who alleges that somebody from D.C. called her, said, you've got to release this indictment tonight. We noticed that there is a, a very close proximity between the, the Hunter Biden news that comes out and Trump being indicted again. Is, is it your opinion that somebody in the attorney general's office, somebody in D.C. is in the ears of these prosecutors? It seems that the timing is unreasonably close. Well, I, I have no idea whether this coordination, but you're absolutely right. It's more than coincidence that these cases tend to come out uh, in reaction to cases uh, on the other side. And we know also that the indictment was posted on the website before the grand jury even voted, yes. which proves what I've been saying now for 60 years. Grand juries are nothing. They're 23 chairs that get pushed around by prosecutors. Yes, the grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wants them to. And the prosecutor decides who to indict, when to indict them, where to indict them, when to seek a trial. It's all in the hands of the prosecutor. And she has told the American public she wants a trial within six months. She's not getting it. Certainly not a fair trial. It is uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Thanks so much for the time today. Go to Amazon, get this book, and sell. make sure you, you get this out to all your friends and neighbors, too. Get Trump is so well done, and it's so important right now. Professor, come back on soon. I appreciate you making time today. Anytime. I'll love to be on your show. Thank all you. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Appreciate having the professor on. We'll have that up on Rumble tonight. Rumble.com slash Joe Pags. Rumble.com slash Joe Pags. Few know the law better than Alan Dershowitz, and he really broke down every indictment very, very well. Go there and watch it again. Rumble.com slash Joe Pags. That'll be up tonight. Keep it here. Much more to come. This is the Joe Pags Show.